wish I looked prettier. I was crying earlier because I got a, a amazing card from a fourth grade teacher I haven't heard in forever that was like congratulating me on things and I just lost it. So I'm all puffy. I'm like, <laughs> see. <laughs> well, you look lovely. Oh, you're so sweet. Your Thank braids you. are on point. You look. I'm still hiker trash, so I gotta embrace it. Tears <laughs> and all. We are audio only anyway, but. Well, that was a wonderful okay. intro, Kate. <laughs> Welcome to the Rocks and Roots podcast. And Kate, as you heard, was just crying for a good reason. What a lovely card that sounds like. Was that um, your fourth grade teacher that sent you that? Yeah. So I, I know a lot of my fans know this, but I was severely dyslexic, like on a whole nother level. And it wasn't really totally recognized yet at that point in time, because I'm older than people think. <laughs> and so uh, by the time I was in third grade, I was pretending to read. I couldn't read. Um, I was so severely dyslexic. And I finally went to my parents for help. They threw me in a private school. And this teacher that sent me this card today out of the blue um, helped me for three years get so far on track that I actually ended up being able to skip two grades, which I didn't take advantage of, Because, but she was just amazing. She was such a huge staple in my life, and to get that card from her today just made me lose it. <laughs> that is amazing. What a great story. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Amazing. Well, I mean, from, from your dyslexia, did that is that how your art started? I think a big part of it, yeah. I mean, I... I started out such an odd little nut, honestly. Like, I was supposed to be left-handed. My mom wanted me to be right-handed, so she'd made me sit on my, my left hand while I'd learn to write. Now when I paint, I'm ambidextrous, and I'll switch, and I realize it. So I've got all kinds of things going on. <laughs> Just a little hodgepodge of, of interesting, I suppose, when it came to all that. But it really... Yeah, I had a hard time at times, you know, just in the process of learning, you know, because all these things I had to factor in, but I turned out all right. I <laughs> and I can so. read great now. <laughs> well, we're so. so glad to have you on the podcast. This was like a very Joe Rogan opening, in my opinion. Because yes. it is. He, start, it is. he starts off like mid-sentence with his guest. So, <laughs> so great to have you on the show. And, um... You know, we were, we were, you know, hunted for people to, to talk to. And I'm like, there's Kate. You know, I just saw um, your recent Instagram post about you opening your, your first hostel. <laughs> well, yeah, right. so many congratulations on that. But before we get into the modern stuff, let's go back a little bit. So how did you get into hiking? Well, basically, um, I went kind of female Forrest Gump because I was a single <laughs> mom and um, I expected to have about two more years with my daughter in the house. And uh, what ended up happening is we found out that her dad's GI Bill could be transferred to her if she graduated in the state that she was stationed in, which at the time was California and I was in Washington. So we were in Washington. So um, like when she was 17, she just up and moved to her dad's. And I had been like the single parent for up until that point and uh, I didn't really have time to process that. So I had this bucket list. I grew up um, in North Bend, which is right next to Snoqualmie Pass, and I bartended the pass. I was very aware of, like, the long trails, and I always said someday, you know, it was like a bucket list thing. And um, once my daughter actually, like, you know, was down with her dad, I just didn't know what to do with myself. So I was like, when female forest gone, I'm like, I better go walking. <laughs> and uh, I was like, might as well hit some stuff off my bucket list. And so I planned the AT hike and uh, took off on that in 2018. How long did that take you? Um, five and a half months. And I I, okay. I really buzzed through it because I really wasn't capable of what, no, I didn't know what I was capable of. I wish I would have taken a little bit more time, but um, one of the best adventures of my life, hands down, and um, just incredible day after incredible day. It just, it was so cool. Now, totally worth it. got a good year for it, too. That there was were a, a lot bad, of It was a rainy year. <laughs> it was the rainiest year in history, yeah, yes. up until that point. I don't know. It's probably been beat by now. The weather's been going so weird, but. For sure. Yeah. Now, but there were a lot of great people on trail that year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I met Ivy Tat that year. Um, I met so many people. Um, just incredible people. I even lost an incredible person. I, I, I don't know if you guys knew um, about Colors, the guy who got crushed by the deadfall in um 2019 oh i guess that was a pct i'm sorry i'm confusing them. that's the problem when you that's okay it. we'll get there <laughs> they mush together yes i'm sure they do but before uh, yeah. the at did you did you hike 
at all growing up? With that teacher that sent me the card. So my parents, nobody took me hiking or did any of that. She was the one that took me camping. She took all our class. So it was a weird, like, one-on-one thing. Um, (laughs) We did an annual class reunion where she'd just take us all hiking and camping. And a lot of our field trips were to go up in the Snoqualmie, um, the Cascades, and hunt, hunt for crystals or... You know, she's always, she's very outdoorsy, so she got us all in the outdoors. I really owe a lot of it to her, which I think was a big part of why I went to Mush when I got that letter today. <laughs> what a great Sounds teacher. Like an amazing yeah. person. No, really. Holy smokes. Yeah. <laughs> well, great. So you did that in 2018. And mm-hmm. I mean, what was your favorite and then least favorite part of the AT? You know, I would say uh, Franconia Ridge was definitely my favorite, like, like section, but um, I didn't really have a, a, an unfavorite part. I think I was just the whole time in awe that I was actually doing what I was doing and being an artist and seeing all these beautiful places untouched by man and the sunsets and it was just surreal the whole time. Even the rainy days, people would be like, I would play that song, uh, that 80s song, Pump Up the Jam, and I'd be like puddle jumping and... Like, I, it really, nothing got me down on that trail. I just really was just so, like, this is happening, you know? And I just never had that doom and gloom on that trail at all. I really, I had a few scary moments. I mean, there were definitely those moments of panic and tiredness and stuff like that. But overall, like, there was nothing I looked back. Like, a lot of people complained about PA being really rocky or this and that. I loved it. I was out there playing hot lava. I'm, like, <laughs> reverting it back to when I was, like, six. I was like, this is amazing. I was just, yeah, no, it was it was a great adventure for me. And I can't say that there was anything I really, in the rain even, being from Washington, it was, like, no big deal. I mean, we wash our car when it's raining. It's like, <laughs> if we want to hike, we hike when it's raining, you know. So I mean, that wasn't a really big uh Achilles heel for me in any way it was awesome <laughs> I mean, we've, we've had I mean our fair share of people we've spoken to who loved the AT but there was at least something that they didn't like about it you are the first one who was just <laughs> thrilled to be there the entire time and we, we are here for it <laughs> yeah I really was I mean I had I had a couple scares like I said like I was in the whites one time and I, I think I was pretty close to hypothermia from river crossings and my metabolism was so high, and it was rock scrambles. I can't remember which mountain it was, but it's on my YouTube videos. And um, I just couldn't get my body temperature up because I couldn't get moving fast enough because it was scrambles. And then um, my sleeping bag was wet when I got to the shelter to try to warm up. So, you know, like the typical, oh, no, stories that happen. But I made it through. And so that was a little scary. But other than that, like, that was still such a beautiful section, too. I was like, and then as soon as I got warmed up and got going again, I had another river crossing. So it was like, <laughs> you have to laugh at it when you, you know, look back. I don't know. It, it was fine. It worked out. I survived. You did. <laughs> and I'm very glad that you also play Lava on the Rocks because whenever we go through a rough section, I'm always saying, the trail is lava. lava. <laughs> I guess. I'm glad there's someone else out there that's goofy and does that as well. Oh, yeah. No, there was just no end to how much fun I had out there. And and anybody that hiked around me would, would vouch for that. That, you know, they were like, you are always in a good mood. I had people who were so grumpy and tired and, you know, at different days, they'd be like, why are you always smiling? <laughs> and it just, you know, the PCT wasn't quite the same story because I, it wasn't the brand new new experience, you know, and a totally different world to me. I hadn't really been on the East Coast much, you mm-hmm. know, so it was just, I was in awe of everything. Is, so it was pretty incredible. Is the so AT that's a- where you got your <laughs> trail name? I got my trail name on the AT, yes. And how did you? So what is that story? Yeah, how did you get feathers? Okay, so... It's kind of, I mean, it's not the coolest story, but I guess it's kind of fun. Um, I, I almost got given a trail name I really didn't want, so I snagged up feathers really quick in a, a, a series of events. Basically, I was hiking with this one male hiker, and he was asking me some question, and he was behind me, and he just started cracking up laughing because after he asked me a certain question, I had air-quoted with both my hands, and he said all you could see was from this backpack, two little arms with trek poles hanging from them, come out and air-quote. And so he kept wanting to call me air quotes. Well, we finally get to camp that night, and there's this older couple I had I'd kind of hopscotched with throughout the day, and they kept thinking I lost something or was looking for something, and I was picking up feathers. And they're like, they're like, what did you lose something? What are you trying to find? I'm like, no, I I collect feathers 
you know, I like making medicine wheels and dream, AKA dream catchers and stuff. And so I had them sticking to my backpack, my hair, just wherever I could stuff them so I could keep moving. And then we got to camp and we were all around the fire and it was, it was that guy, that couple, and like a, a whole plethora of other people. And, uh, cause it was really early on and, uh, he, they were all like, you need your show name, you know, this, that, and this. And, and he was really pushing the air quotes and I was, and the old lady was like, I think she should be feathers. And they were like, no. And then I shook out my coat or something. I can't remember. Like three feathers went flying through and they're like, oh no, it's feathers. feathers. <laughs> so yeah, just kind of serendipitous, I guess, but not like really cool stories like some of the other hikers. <laughs> no, that's fine. And you are one of the few people where your trail name goes very nicely with your actual name. Like Kate Cloudfeathers is awesome. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I guess the universe, universe on that one. I don't know. <laughs> Ironically, so tell us- nobody knew that that whole time I have a tattoo that says she's a floating feather in love with the wind. So and that, that was, was that was before. That was before. Yeah, the- I had that before. It was all covered, though, because it was cold. I started at the end yep. of March, and so nobody knew I had any of those, <laughs> that tattoo or anything. So, yeah, it fit really well. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about the PCT, just the basics, like how long did it take? Same thing, your favorite part, and you said this did not go as well, so there has to be a oh. least favorite. No, this trail was a little different. I mean, I enjoyed it, but um, it was a different beast for sure. Um, I took seven months, a little over seven months okay. to do this trail, which normally you could do the PCT faster than the AT, but since I had done the AT, I knew what I was capable of, so I milked that bad boy. I did not want it to end. <laughs> <laughs> so I drug it on, and I may have drug it on a little, a little too long. I think one of the things that I didn't like about the, the PCT was that on the AT, you get that gratification of, oh, I'm in a new state. Oh, I'm in a new state, where mm-hmm. it's like California was never freaking ending, and I was getting so burnt out because I just wanted that that benchmark I guess I don't know I got used to that from the AT so it was like I felt like man I've walked across eight states now and I'm still like you know over over you know four months in and I'm still in the same same state and I'm just like is this ever gonna right. <laughs> ever gonna make it to Oregon I think a and, lot of uh, people are like that they are just totally burnt yeah. out by the time they reach Oregon oh my gosh it was like yeah, everybody, everybody that I was around was, was pretty like, we need, we need just that benchmark. We just need yeah. that goal hit of like, I'm in a new state. <laughs> so uh, yeah, walking across California the long way is long <laughs> yeah, and exhausting. But um, I did, I, I, same thing with that trail though. I really was in awe of all the things and going through Whitney during what was until this year, the highest snow season. I have a feeling when I go to the continental divide, it's going to be like the biggest drought. Why not? I'm hitting off here. All the weather uh, patterns. Yeah, but I think the Sierras were definitely, even though they were really sketchy, they were my favorite part because I'd never done any mountaineering. And it just felt like I was in another world the way the snow was. And you're so far from anything and everything. There's no light pollution. And it's postcard picture perfect scapes. I mean, that just are mind-blowing. The way the ice and the river and the blues off the snow. And it was just... The snow cups made it look so bizarre sometimes. It was just, it was just so, I don't know. It's natural, but unnatural for what we're used to. You know what I mean? And uh, that was really cool. And then I did Whitney during all that. And Whitney was insane with all that snow. We couldn't see switchbacks. It was like a vertical climb the whole way. We're like, how are we getting down? (laughs) It was just nuts. But the adrenaline and those highs and those lows through the Sierras um, really made it just incredible. So, and when did you I do think, the PCT? I did. So I did the AT in 2018. Right. And then I got home and I went Forrest Gump again. So I was like, oh, she's still gone, which of course, <laughs> you know. Um, so I was like, what should I do now? And I was like, I guess I should just go do another one. So at that point, I'm thinking, well, why don't I just go for my triple crown, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so 2018, I did the AT. 2019, I went off and did the PCT. And then mm-hmm. my plan was to do 2020, the Continental. So I was just going to do my triple crown in a three-year, like, run it off stretch mm-hmm. but COVID <laughs> yes okay. yeah all yeah. right so the PCT was 2019 a lot of snow that year um what would you say was your favorite spot oh my favorite spot um it was the Sierras like Whitney yeah, um was pretty incredible because I had never done any 14ers before that um and I slept above 10,000 feet at San Jacinto. That was pretty incredible because that was the first time I'd been That's above awesome. 10,000 feet and I got to sleep up there. 
and I have a grandpa who was um, very famous for being a healer, and he always would say that the way he would restore his energy was to go camp above 10,000 feet, and that's all I could think about when I was up there is that, like, I'm restoring my energy, I'm above 10,000 feet, and I'm camping up here, so, uh, and it was really cool, we had this, like, cool old rock hut up there that we all camped in, it was a beautiful sunset, you could see the shadow of the mountain over, like, all of, uh, was it Palm Springs, Capazon, down below, and it was just, it was like Stargate. <laughs> it was really cool. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's yeah, that was pretty. There's just so many points like that, though. That's kind of like how these trails are, though. You you get almost overwhelmed with the epic spots and views that it's hard to pick. You know. We we totally get it because you know, <laughs> us from us being on the East Coast, the highest mountain is six thousand two hundred feet. So yeah. us going out west is absolutely mind blowing. Yeah, and it was fun. Just being in Yosemite, you're how many thousands of feet up in the valley? You're not even uh-huh. realizing it. Yeah. Yeah, we did Yosemite Falls while we were there on the 4th of July. I wanted to do a, a half dome, but it was like a, a herd of people in the line going up. I was like, no, no, I'll wait. <laughs> we, yeah. we did 97% of half dome, maybe 99%. Yes. Because <laughs> um, oh, I have really bad acrophobia and i got about halfway up the cables and i was like i can't and then um tumbles was just i think like, I, I was depleted of nutrients at that point oh, yeah, gosh, you yeah. were concerned about pushing yourself and not being able to make it back down not being able to hold on to the cables gotta be smart you know no trails worth your life we always say that and then we always push it <laughs> yes we mean it but then we're like but i'm so close so that's good i think i always try to encourage that because a lot of people you know, sometimes don't know when to quit. So at least you got that. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, just being up there on the cables, like we still got some amazing pictures and just being on the cables was an experience. Hey, so. I haven't even done it yet. So you guys are a step ahead of me <laughs> or or maybe 800. I don't know how many it takes to get to the top. <laughs> so let's, I don't know if we're rewinding or if we're going in the sequence of events of your life here, but um, let's talk about Little Leaf. When does Little Leaf come into the picture? Perfect timing. Yeah, no. uh, So when I say I was going to do my triple crown three years in a row, 2020 is when Little Leaf hit the scene. Um, Basically, uh, I was going to go do my triple crown, go do the CDT and COVID came around and uh, I had basically got rid of everything to do three years of hiking at that point. Um, I just figured once I done the PCT, I was like, well, there's no way I'm going to stop now. Um, so I had gotten rid of everything and it didn't have really a place to stay in place. So I kind of scrambled when that order came out, not knowing what to expect from the pandemic and, uh, moved in with a friend and started, it was a goat farmer and little leaf had been born and, uh, I had nicknamed her not knowing that that would, you know, turn into anything. I had no intention of having a goat. Uh, and then a few days later, the owner came and knocked on my door and was like, Hey, do you want to say goodbye? I think this is the one you nicknamed. She's dying. And I was like, what? And I'm like, well, can I try to save her? I mean, we're locked in this place doing nothing during COVID, you know? And he's like, if you want to, but then you're going to have a goat. And I'm like, well, screw it. You know, I, I really didn't know anything about goats. I had to buy that book, Goats for Dummies. I realized real fast I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> but uh, I read that front back. Now I'm a little goat whisperer. But, uh, yeah, so that's how she came, came along. And I didn't realize when I rescued her that, Hurt animals like herself, um, their separation anxiety is so bad so that if I were to leave her for just two days, she'd die. They get hypothermic yep. from the stress. Wow. So, uh, yeah, she's literally not left my side and become my little wingman ever since. And when COVID never ended, that's when I got the camper and started traveling the U.S. in the camper with her. Right. So, yeah, just spiral effect. What was she, so what I was she dying reading, of? Like early what was she dying on early of? Um, uh, probably mostly malnutrition okay. is what what started everything. But when I got her, she was hyperglycemic, anemic. She had half her heart rate. She had stopped using her legs. Oh my so God. when I rushed her to the equine vet, which was the closest one, um, they're like, we've never seen one come back this far gone. There's no way she's going to make it. Less than 10% chance. And I argued with them. I was like, no, she, maybe she'll be a miracle story. And they're like, well, we don't have the staff to take care of her. She needs shots every three hours, um, bottle fed every hour. And I was like, well, how about you teach me how to do the shots and I'll bottle feed her and all that. And if she makes it a week, I'll come back for another round. And we did that and longer, further and further, she got better and better. better and better. then they featured her on her web, their website, even though they didn't do anything. <laughs> 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 but she became that miracle story. So, yeah, 
She got nursed back to health. Aww. So what caused all that? Was that just because sometimes herd animals, sometimes the mother will reject the kid if they sense something or if, if they don't think that the kid will survive. And I'm using the term kid because it's a goat. Um, yeah, yeah, it is a goat. That's what they call them, kids. <laughs> yes. So, like, do you know, like, what caused the initial malnutrition? Did mom reject her? Like, what was up? Um, well, she was the runt, and um, throughout history, goats were the first domesticated animal, and we have really dumbed them down. Like, there's a lot of misconceptions about goats. Um, one being that they're when they when they have litters, it's not called a litter, <laughs> but when they have their kids, they usually only have two. They only have two udders, but because through over domestication and and overbreeding, they're starting to have bigger you know amounts of goats at a time. So, generally in nature, they only have two, one to two. And um, with all these meat goats we've bred and dairy goats, they're having like up to four and they usually, they can't feed that many. So they'll reject the weakest. Yes. Okay. It's just kind of like, there's a big misconception that goats can eat in anything. That's actually a huge lie. They've been over domesticated to where they just don't know what they can and can't eat anymore. So they try. So you have to watch them like little kids. Cause if they get a bite of rhododendron and they find out it's sweet, they'll just try to eat it and they'll kill themselves on accident, you know, cause they don't know. So we've kind of dumbed them down in the sense of what their instincts are and and uh, overbred them as far as how they develop, you know. So she was just one of those cases where the litter was too big for the mama, so she got rid of the smallest. Yeah, okay. okay. I was reading an article, and it said that you did um, mouth-to-mouth. At one point, she was done, <laughs> and you how do you do mouth-to-mouth on a goat? <laughs> you know, I didn't even know it was a thing, to be totally honest. I was so tired for getting up every hour. I mean, I was a mom. I'm a mom, and I... I you know, I had to feed my daughter every few hours, but every hour is a whole nother ball game. Yeah. Um, so I was so tired and I woke up one night to feed her to the alarm and she started like, um, she was asphyxiated and, and just stopped breathing. And I was so commit, like in invested you in invested her emotionally in, yeah. and everything at this point that, um, I was like, I don't know. The first thing came to mind was to try to do like some kind of CPR and she's only three pounds. So I just covered her little snout and, you know, was rubbing her chest where her heart was and, and doing little compressions. And, and then I was, I, I thought she started breathing. I wasn't really sure, but I was just so literally exhausted. I'm pretty sure I passed out at that point. And I was like, well, if she's here in the morning, she's here. And there she was in the morning. And I rushed her to the vet again, just to see if there was anything that was caused by any of that. And he's like, oh, mouth to snout. And I'm like, oh, it's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> I had no idea. Again, I just kind of, Winged you know, it. instinct. Yeah, I was just like, no, I can't let you go. I can't let this happen. I'm going to try to try something. So I guess, uh, yeah, mouth to snout is a thing. And you can do it on dogs and all kinds of animals. And I had no idea. <laughs> um, And then that same article said that she was supposed to be featured in a video game. Like, did that happen? And what's that about? Uh, yeah, we both were, actually. Uh, they used our likeness, um, and we were in a hiking video game called Rewardify. It was a phone app game, um, and if it was successful, they were going to run a couple more months of it, but I think we only went a couple months. It went, like, July and August, um, and it was only, like, six levels, and I think it had some trivia on us. You could win up to, like, $2,500 if you got our trivia right from watching our channel and stuff, but um, that's pretty much all it was. They contacted me. It was... Uh, Rewardify is a pretty big name, uh, phone app gambling thing, I think, kind of gambling. I, I consider it gambling. I don't know. Maybe it's not. Um, but it was fun. Yeah, we were turning into video game characters, and uh, they cashed us out for, I think, like, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't talk about that, but whatever. <laughs> they paid us to do it, and it was just kind of fun. So, yeah. That's awesome. We that is, that's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, it, was, it was fun. It's cool to be able to say that. Well, <laughs> I, was I mean... The, the goat is, is is the star here, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, well, I usually, when I talk about it, I don't mention myself being included usually. I just say, yeah, my goat's been turned into a video game. Like, <laughs> nobody cares about me anymore. <laughs> it's cool. So you were with your friend, the goat farmer. Um, <laughs> sounds so awkward to say that, actually, so. Sorry. Most of the things that come out of my mouth sound awkward. The goat You're farmer. Good. <laughs> um, the, was that in Washington? That was in Washington. Okay, yes. so then the pandemic, you just went on the road. 
And yeah, when COVID never ended, I was like, this thing's never ending. I started yeah. to get like stupid cr- stir, crazy. stir crazy. I was just like, you were sharing a little room. It was bad. Like, yeah. I was like, I got to get out of here. And I uh, so I, I ended up finding my little gypsy wagon on uh, Craigslist. A little Roma man made him for a living. He was 89. It was the second last to last one. And it was the only thing light enough my Jeep could tow. It's like dry, dry weight, like 800 pounds. Mm-hmm. And I just paid off my Jeep. So I didn't want to get like a new setup. I really didn't know what I was going to do. I just needed to move, you know? Right. So um, I snagged that up and I hit the road and then we became a, a circus show on the road. <laughs> uh, we, we have to say, you know, one of the most amusing videos that we watched during pandemic was you and I be tat just shooting the shit and having oh, a ball yeah. in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we had a lot of fun, uh, we, and I invited him out on my Cross America hike attempt thing that I did, um, which I'll finish at some point, but um, yeah, him and I, people I think our fan bases are so opposite, mm-hmm. and uh, we come across very opposite, because I'm very, you know, like, family-orientated kind of on my channel, and he's very not, <laughs> yes. and, uh, but uh, I think being a bartender and just, I get his humor, I get his personality. <laughs> That was goat knocking things over. <laughs> She's got to get a little tension in here. She's like, this is, I'm still here. Um, anyway, uh, but I think, yeah, because he took everything so serious, and I'm prob- I'm, I'm very, very, like, woo, we'll figure it out. <laughs> you know, or like, no, we don't need to film that. And his little walk-bys, teasing him about those, because he takes his photography and cinematography very, very serious, cause, and he is amazing at it. Like, I'm not. Yes. Um, and I think. I don't know. I had to poke fun at them just because he would get so frustrated so easy. <laughs> he was an easy target. Yes. Um, but yeah, so we had, a, we did, we had a lot of fun. Uh, he's a good guy. <laughs> did you hike with him a bit on the PCT? Um, I did. Yeah. Okay. I met him on the so Appalachian and right. he didn't remember me when I ran into him on the PCT. Very sweet. Um, <laughs> I remember then we him feel stuff. honored. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. Then we feel honored because we met him once when he yeah. was doing um, in 2018. He was in yeah. PA, and I had reached, we were fangirling. We were Even Cranky was fangirling. Yes, we were watching his videos religiously. <laughs> and I had reached out. I was like, "Hey, we live in Jersey. If you are in the PA, New Jersey, even New York area." and you need anything like hit us up so i got this instagram message one day like yo i need shit tickets I was like, what the fuck is that <laughs> so once, I, yes, once i figured it out like we ran up and we gave him a package and we got our pictures and then we met him again in georgia and he actually remembered us so oh, yeah well that's kind of a crucial yeah no i get it he, <laughs> most people have a better memory than i do anyway so i've been hitting the head a few times but you know, he, he anyway, does have He's impressive like that. Yeah. So how many miles did you did you hike with him on the PCT? Um, basically all of Oregon and Washington. Oh, okay. Yeah, we got separated wow. at the very end when he went on his gnarly little trek with Beats and all them. And I hiked with Beats actually a long time on the AT. Oh, did so you? So it's really funny. Like our whole little group, the community, the hiking community, you guys probably already know this. It's pretty tight-knit. If you don't know the person, you know someone who knows the person and so on and so forth. But um. Yeah, when we got to Stevens Pass, I thought I had NOLA or whatever it's called. And uh, Nora, NOLA. Nora virus. <laughs> Nora virus. <laughs> Sorry. That's what we're going to call it from now on. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, anyway, I was just really sick. And um, I, like I said, I had done these trails back to back. And I had started to get malnutrition is what it ended up being. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I had all kinds of things going on with the body that seemed like maybe I, I had drank yeah. some bad water. Oh, so okay. anyway, um, I thought that's what it was. So he tried to wait for me and I was like, dude, it's not going away. Like I tried like two days and then I was like, I think I'm going to have to take like a week. And it was snowing hard. Like we were already in deep snow. And so uh, he pushed on by himself, but he ended up meeting up with um, – um, Beats and Snazzy and a few other people that we'd hiked on and off with the whole time. Um, so luckily he didn't finish alone, but I did. And it was nuts and scary. Oh my um, God. Yeah. I forced, I got back. What I ended up doing is, since I got off at Stevens, I ended up flipping after that week. Cause he had gotten back on trail and I was by myself. I went up to Canada 
and or no, I, I skipped up right past Tahikin and got on okay. um, at Cutthroat and hiked up to Canada. And I did that in like three days. I did 80 miles and I was still so sick. All I wanted to do the whole time was lay down. I was in, I think Rocks Pass was really super avalanche and sketch and I was there by myself. I mean, I was the whole way. It was just like, what am I doing? This is dumb. Like kind of having that moment of like, is this worth it? Should I be doing this? And I flipped up, take the border, took a train back down, uh, waited a whole nother week. Um, cause I was so, I put myself back at that point going back out. Nice. So I had to wake a whole nother, it was about another week. Maybe it was like, a, um, eight or nine days. I can't remember exactly now. Um, but then I ended up pushing back up and getting back on at Stevens and getting off at Stahican. So I think there was a little chunk there between Stahican, like, literally like a 10 mile stretch, but we did so much, we were lost so much through the, through the Sierras and stuff. I wasn't counting it. I'm like, I did all the miles. <laughs> like, I don't oh, care. Yeah. Sure. Um, I barely survived that. The and snow was treacherous. That, I mean, remember well, that last 80 miles I tried to take, Oh, it was, I don't even want to talk about it. It was like, I thought I was going to die. I was like, this is the dumbest thing I had. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like, I, I preach to everybody now and I, I took, um, some video and some photos, but, um, I lost most of my video and I don't know how I managed that. I don't know if it was because I was so remote that I never got to upload it in time or what happened, but I have, I have a bunch of photos and stuff. I saw a lot more wildlife there than any other spot of the whole trail, of course. Of course. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then I tried to go back and do it again with Little Leaf without the snow and uh, she wouldn't drink water. So we built again. So that's just been like a coastal area for me. I do want to still go back and, and hit section K is what it's known as um, hit it again mm -hmm. in the summer. Nice to just have a cruisy cool and enjoy it because I feel like I, I kind of got gypped on that. And I did it to myself, of course, by trying to milk the trail and take seven months to do the whole thing. But uh, you know, it is what it is. Wow. <laughs> Good for you. All right, I will definitely check out your YouTube channel because yeah, finishing, like looking at how Tat finished that up, that was insane. But I can't imagine doing that by yourself. Like he barely survived, so like doing it by yourself, you're Badass. amazing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, well, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it was. I don't know if it was badass or stupid. Well, to be totally honest. we'll, we'll call it the former. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like looking back, I'm like, yeah, that wasn't right. Like <laughs> I, I learned. I got kind of cocky, I think, from mountaineering through the Sierras with my posse there. But um, and I wasn't with IB Tats through that. I was with a different crew. And uh, yeah, we had some close calls, but I just, I guess, I got cocky. I don't know. I thought that's just more snow. I don't know. It was next level though. <laughs> anyway wow <laughs> wonderful well glad we're glad you're here <laughs> and in oh, one piece you know <laughs> and you you live to tell the tale and um you lived through the pandemic and you started your hike across america with little leaf and special guest ib tat so yeah. how did that how did that start and how did that go well um i wanted something i could set my own pace i i got I got in touch with the people who kind of run the whole American Discovery Trail or that were trying to set it up. And uh, I had a girlfriend that was on it, Brianna. She was supposed to be the first female solo hiker to do it by herself. And um, I just thought, well, here's something I could do. And I could kind of reroute it if I really needed to for Leaf. And uh, there's all the bike trails along it. Um, I just, I, I wasn't really sure what I was doing. I just needed another trail in my life, to be totally honest. And I was like, screw it. What's the longest? Like I tried to milk the PCT. I was like, what's the longest trail I can do? <laughs> Cause I knew I couldn't take her on the CDT. She can't do those kind of miles in order to make the snow season. Um, right. and I want to go Sobo on the CDT. So I, I, I just, I want that experience to be something without an animal. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like yep. it has to be a certain thing. So anyway, I knew I wasn't going to take her to do that. I considered it a few times, but when it really came down to it, I was like, no, that can't be, she can't be on that journey. So um, across America, the American Discovery Trail, I ended up taking a rental to Delaware and just dropped us off. And then we were going to walk back. And at, at the beginning of the American Discovery Trail, I realized real fast, I didn't like that trail at all. It was like okay. through I'm down. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Can you tell us um, yeah. what that trail is? The American Discovery Trail is a, a trail that goes east to west coast. It's okay. a foot trail that's been put together. Actually, they try to advertise it as not just a foot trail, but a biking trail or a, a horseback trail. Um, but it really, truly is 
I feel, in my opinion, is just a mess. <laughs> um, it's probably a bunch of different trails that are connected, and you probably have to like go for on a road to get to the next. We've been on trails. We've like been on that. trails like that. So. Yeah. So, so the I was spoiled. I, I guess I had a different thing in my mind. I guess I should say, like with the PCT and being remote, and and you know, you're not walking through major cities like DC. or areas where there's just mass amounts of dogs running at you and you have a goat you know so I just realized real fast this is kind of dangerous and this isn't where I don't want to be hiking with thousands of dollars of gear and my goat down through a major city you know I don't know there was just things I it would I realized real fast it wasn't appealing to me so I decided I was just going to make my own my own way well by the time I got to the Appalachian Trail area um Trail Days was about to happen (laughs) so I went south and hit Trail Days and then I went north again, and then I was hitting all of my favorite places on the AT, like Franconia, or no, I went to Grayson Highlands with Little Leaf, the, and that's where actually I ran into Ivy Tech, ironically, and was like, hey, you want to come? So he didn't plan originally to go with me on the American Discovery Trail. I ran into him camping on in the Grayson Highlands, on our both of us on our ways to, we both decided to hike into trail days. And just relive some AT, and he was doing the same thing I was, <laughs> and we ran into each other up there. So uh, we hiked into Trail Days, and then we just never parted. He kept on with me because he was planning on going to Scotland soon after, yep. and he was just going to hike with me till he took off to that. So that's basically what we did. But we got to, um, uh, we were in Maryland Frostburg. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd finished the CNO, and we're about to get on the Great Allegheny Trail. Cause I was doing bike trails at this point. We, we had brought Roscoe and we figured, well, if we're bringing Roscoe, we gotta do something super easy because little man's got short legs. And yep. so we just hit the CNO, which is a bike trail. Mm-hmm. So it's like super easy. It's like walking down the road, you know, and we figured, well, when he gets tired, we'll stop, you know, we're no agenda. I kind of knew I wasn't going to do the trail in the season or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured I'd have to stop during winter with little leaf. If we just kept this on over a three or five year period, um, we'd have to hunker down during the, you know, certain seasons because she couldn't hike in deep snow. Anyway, long story short, we got to the end of the CNO, Great Allegheny Trail, Little Leaf got really sick. And the thing with herd animals, another thing with their herd animals is that when they get sick, they hide it because the herd will shove them out. They, they get left behind. Yes. So she had got a bladder infection, which is very common for does, um, for female, for the female goats, um, same with deer, everything, but it had developed into, and I didn't know she had it. And it developed into a kidney infection, which then is very dangerous. And um, that's when I started to realize something was off with her. And then it's kind of just a race against time. So goats, that's usually the tendency with them when they get sick. It's like they don't you don't realize it till they're almost too far gone. Right. Um, so it was a mad scramble to save her life. I had like seven different vets work on her. Um, and they weren't really sure. It ended up being the seventh one who wasn't a... a a deer vet he worked with wildlife that figured out exactly what was going on and she needed a rare antibiotic too she wasn't responding to normal goat antibiotics of course she actually responded to an antibiotic that you give to horses which they try to make illegal for goats because goats are considered food so he could have lost his job for giving her this antibiotic but it's the only one she responded to and uh he was just happened to be cool enough, and I'm not going to name drop him. Um, yeah, no, but, no, no. <laughs> but uh, just happened to be cool enough to administer that to her, and it saved her life. So it was kind of crazy. But um, after that, I decided I needed to rethink how we did it. I thought maybe, I mean, she did follow me in the water a few times to go swimming. In the water, I found out wasn't probably the cleanest for us to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, so she probably picked up that bladder infection um, in that scenario, but, um, I figured if we could go back to do that trail in sections, which I'd love to just connect the bike trails, maybe do the great American rail trail, which is another East to West coast, you know, trans American trail. There's so many now, um, actually where my hostel is intersects two of them, um, and the CDT, but, um, yeah, I'm going to put her in a bucket, like bicycle and it has a pop-up, but I have to afford that. It's like five grand. So Hopefully. once maybe this hostel will earn me that so we can go do that. And the previous owner of the laundromat that I bought, she's always wanted a hostel. She's like, when you go do your triple crown, I'll run the hostel and the laundromat for awesome. you. Like, Perfect. Oh, so good. And I have a huge backyard and there's a goat farmer like a block away with a whole bunch of goats. So I'm going to try to acclimate her to a little herd. So it's a perfect storm. It's working out. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Wonderful. Yeah. How have people been 
receptive or not like because if you're on a trail like for us we're like oh we'll look up a hostel to stay at we'll go to a hotel with a goat you can't necessarily do that how have businesses hostels hotels what's that like with a goat so it was tricky for the grocery stores i but what i ended up doing <laughs> luckily covid kind of made that a little easier where i could just order on the phone and they bring it outside to you right. so that kind of was a win um, and the, and the hostels and the, the hotels, you'd be surprised how many, we stayed at a lot of them and basically what I would do, <laughs> and if any of them are listening, don't get mad. She's housebroken and everything and she doesn't chew anything. She's better behaved than most dogs, but to convince people of that, that have never heard or seen that can be tricky. So I basically, every time I go to a hotel, I'd be like, Hey, I've got a goat that works in movies and, and commercials and she's really and video well trained. Games. <laughs> in video games and she's better trained than most dogs um if she ruins anything we'll pay for everything but i guarantee you so i'd go to the pet friendly ones i wouldn't just go to a normal hotel right. i would seek out at least the pet friendly ones and then i'd just sell it <laughs> i'd just be like this is my goat she's my dear dog she's better behaved than most dogs she won't ruin anything if she does we'll pay for it and um we never had a problem we stayed a lot of places a lot of different hotels so that's yeah wonderful. i just and then for the restaurants and stuff, I just looked for the ones that were pet friendly on the patio. And if someone didn't wasn't comfortable or didn't invite us or you know let us stay, I didn't push it. I never tried to do yeah. the emotional support thing. I have family that needed emotional support animals, so I I think it's really disturbing how many people abuse that. And so I just will never pull that card. I just figured there's enough places that'll accept us. We'll go to those. And uh, I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable anyway and be somewhere we're not welcome. Why would you want to go? You know sit at a restaurant or patio yeah. where they don't even want you there. So I just live always looked at that way and it's worked out great. We've actually been, uh, she's been accepted a lot more than you probably perceive, but she's not actually that big either. She's only about 47 pounds. So she's like a small lab. So yeah, it's not like is. I'm bringing in this huge bow or goat. That's like, you know, <laughs> half the size of a horse or something. Um, so I think that helped a little bit too. And they could see her demeanor. She's, she's really chill. chill. Yeah. Awesome. So when does the hostel open? Um, my heart opening is going to be uh, this coming spring. I might be able to open this winter. Um, I worked out a deal with the previous owner. Basically, she's still living here and running the laundromat while I'm trying to dump as much as I can into the hostel to get it up and running. Um, because once I start paying the mortgage completely on the place and take over the laundromat, I won't be able to afford to do the remodels that the place needs. So, um, And she... Um, owns a trailer park as well and she doesn't really have a place to move yet until she fixes up one of those trailers at the trailer park so she's fixing that up so we're helping each other basically okay that's Still great here. yeah and then um i've been letting hikers come through and they can kind of donate if they want to, to the cause like my fan a lot of my subs and stuff have been donating um i have an amazon wish list and a gofundme because there's just I had some electricians in right before I got on and it's totally illegally wired. Like this place is a hot mess. So uh, we're redoing all of that. Um, I have a lot to do, but um, I've had some hikers come through and some subs and offer to help build and work on things and donate things. And um, yeah, I got a long ways by, by spring. I should definitely be open, but there's a chance um, for winter for some of the people who get stranded off of I-80 to mm -hmm. be able to come snake a bed for the night. Um, I'm not really going to offer any services until I have everything legal and, and up and, you know, whatever. But for right now, it's like donation. And if you're a friend and you want to crash, come crash and help out and like a work for stay kind of deal. Right. Exactly. You know? I mean, so, what, um, what was, I mean, even a better question. How did you find this place? Um, the universe, universe again. Oh, okay. <laughs> it likes to, it likes to do that on me. Um, I had gotten invited to showcase my gypsy wagon at the tiny, Colorado Tiny Living Festival. And I'd never done one of those before, and I almost didn't go. And uh, last minute, I decided, you know what, I'm going to do it. I already committed. Um, I was having car issues, and I was a little tight on money, and I just was, like, about to bail. I decided to just do it. And Little Leaf, out of the blue, pees in the front of the Jeep. And she never has pee accidents. She never does that. And I'm about to, I'm, I'm like literally three hours away from where I'm supposed to showcase my whole setup. And so I pull into Rollins. I'm a hundred miles from anything uh, before I get to Brighton, Colorado. I'm like two and a half hours away um, and find this laundromat. And I pull in to, to wash her like little bed area in the front that I built out for her. And I see a sign in the lot that says lot for sale. And I'm thinking there's no way I could afford it or make this happen, but I'm going to ask. 
And uh, so I asked the lady, and she happened to knew, know who I was. She had followed me on YouTube, and I didn't know this right away. But um, um, I was like, oh, okay. She told me the price, and then I just kind of went back to doing my laundry. You know, I don't know, just being curious and inquiring, you know, dreaming, um, thinking this would be a cool place for a hostel because I know Rollins is a, a hub for the CDT, but there's no community here for the hikers. Like, the town really doesn't have a relationship with through hikers. It's really kind of strange. Hmm. And I didn't realize how little they do and i don't think it's intentional i just just don't think that they've ever ever really truly interacted and this town is literally 100 miles from any other town so there is a need here for sure yeah the two outfitters they don't carry any gear or the right butane or anything for these hikers so i was just like you know i kind of was daydreaming and then i was sitting out front waiting for my laundry to dry and uh some fans rolled up, they saw the wagon and came up and asked to take a picture. And then she came out and she's like, I don't want to interrupt, but she goes, I let you make payments if you buy it. And she goes, by the way, I watch your YouTube too. And I was like, you better make payments. <laughs> and then like all these little light bulbs are going off in my head. And then I was like, well, maybe. And then got my stuff, said my goodbyes. And I told her I'd think about it and went off to the Colorado event and uh, met some other nomadic people there and kind of like him and hot about it like well what if or what could i do and then found out more about the town and um once i left that event i came back to rollins to see what the town was like and then i was like see if she was serious about hashing out this deal and she was totally serious she just had you know she's older and she's got like i said a trailer park and she had all this she's trying to run obviously the hostel wasn't part of the laundromat originally i'm building that but um she had always wanted a hostel <laughs> to do it so it's just the perfect storm. So we set up a deal, and here I am. I wow. haven't left. <laughs> and when was That's this? fantastic. When was when when did this all occur? Like three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It just was like bam, bam, bam. And I had dropped off a whole bunch of stuff in Washington because I was repairing my skylight, my little air skylight thing on the gypsy wagon before I went to this event. So I had dropped off most of the stuff I usually live and travel with just so I would have a cleaner ship to showcase and stuff. And uh, so I don't even have like a lot of my, and I've given all my furniture away. So like here I'm moving this place and I'm like, I don't really have anything. I have a cardboard box right now for a nightstand. And uh, I've had friends like donating and, and fans donating certain things, you know, to help. But most of it's for the business because I've like wanted to get the bunks and the beds like so I could actually get it. Yeah, so you got um 12 beds, right? I have 12 beds right now and I have three bunks. So I have six beds of my of my twelve um, that actually have frames, um, and then I have sheets and I have four comforter sets. So it's just like I'm picking away, <laughs> trying to build it up. So I'm hoping by next um, that the electricians just turned off a bunch of electricity so I can bust down two walls that I was intimidated by electricity because they were tanning bedrooms and the, it was like 200 watt, like, like crazy. And I was looking at this and my dad's taught me quite a bit about electricity and, and, and wiring. And I've watched and helped them do a few things in the house and stuff. But this was like, I'm looking at this, like this and look right. And uh, these electricians came in even, and they're like, Holy crap. So they just cleared a bunch for me so that now I can actually knock those walls down. And then, yeah, I need to afford a few more bunks. Um, a lot of things I want to make this place, really cool like i had a, a sub that said he's throwing away a claw machine you know like the kids claw machine oh, yeah. yes. i thought how cool would it be to put like some darn tufts and some hyperlight gear and stuff and they could play around and have like a, a game room i want a popcorn machine and some big bean bag chairs have a hangout area um i met a guy at the tiny living festival that does hot tubs for a living and he said he'd donate a hot tub uh, as long as I help promote the sales of them, he does pretty good um, with those. So I want to make this place like a badass sanctuary for hikers and bikers that come through on the three major trails that intersect this little town in the middle of nowhere. And then I want to have like a little bit of a, a resupply and um, gear repair or, you know, like darn tough, you know, all that kind of stuff. Patches, KT tape, you know, the basics right. that hikers yep. would need that really butane, you know, the things that I couldn't even find in town. I'm like, this is a huge help and there's none of this. So it's like, I want it to be like a one-stop shop for all the hikers. I can go, I want to get a shuttle next year, like just find a, a little beater van, if anything. Um, so I can go pick them up, bring them in. They can do their laundry in my laundromat. They can get a shower, a bed. Um, they can resupply snack stuff, a little stuff, or I can take them to the grocery store with a shuttle. 
Um, and then just have a cool place to, for community and hanging out with the backyard and the hot tub and the popcorn machine and all the ideas that I have. There's just like a million of, I want to, I've been collecting things that I wanted in hostels when I mm-hmm. stayed, like for instance, on the AT, cause it rained so much. My shoes were always wet. I just wanted a hostel to have like a boot dryer and none of them yeah. had boot dryers. So I, the first thing I bought was like three boot dryers. <laughs> so I'm going to have these and then we're going to have this. So just from my own experiences, realizing what I would have wanted, you know, to go in or and like, um, I got an acupuncture mat that you lay down on and some of the balls and the things that you roll on your muscles. So I'm going to have a whole area where if you, you know, someone's dealing with shin splints or cramping and like, they can work some of that out, you know, um, um, I haven't got all those things yet, but that's my, my it's vision. The list. It's on the so, list. Yeah. I just want to make it like, and even the bikers will, you know, be able to utilize that. And I, I don't know a ton about the biking world, but it's not that much different. And the community is pretty tight knit. You're out there living out of a tent yeah. across the country in the elements. You're going to want a bed, normal bed and a shower and do your laundry every now and then. Like we all need the same things. So, yeah. and there's a awesome community kitchen here. Once I get that all set up and dialed in, um, but it's, it's already laid out perfect besides a few walls I need to take down. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's really exciting. It's really oh, exciting. yeah, it is. That sounds incredible. You you went from hiker to trail angel in three weeks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> Crazy goat lady. There's a few other things in there. A couple other titles, I think, though, actually. <laughs> Artist. Artist. That sounds yes. amazing because we've been in <clears> – God, where was that? What was that hostile tumbles by um, Thomas Jefferson's house? I was knew not... you were going to say yes. that. Yes. Um, <laughs> it was right by um, Rockfish Gap, South Shenandoah. Okay. And it, they I... were just not friendly. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just bitter and not happy about what they were doing in life. Yes. I think I think it takes... I think every hostel along a, a major long trail has to have experience on one of the long trails. I just don't think it works without that. Right. Um, you know, because I'm just one of the things I'm most excited about is just being around like-minded people, other hikers, and being able to just, you know, shoot the shit about the trails and like what's going on. And you know, I don't know. Maybe I miss poop stories. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird thing, but I mean, it, people who have never experienced these long trails just cannot connect on the same level when you've been so basic. Um, materialistic things and the things that we are so used to in everyday life seem so insufficient and and don't really aren't satisfying you know what I mean Um, it's amazing how being so basic can be so much more fulfilling than living what we consider normal lives you know and uh, there's something that makes you just feel so much more alive and so being around those people it just brings that back it sparks that and it makes me you know, feel like, yeah, I know that I get that you get it too, you know? So, um, and I want to help them cause I know how it is to roll into a place and you're just whooped or, and, you know, all you want to do is get to the store, but you got to walk another how long and it's, you know, this and that and, you know, or being injured. I've been injured and have to say, have to stay at a hostel before. I mean, I, I've done it all. I've been right. through all those scenarios. So I, and it, this place is kitty corner to the hospital on top of everything. So not only oh, wow. that, not everything, it's literally right across from me is the hospital. So, I mean, I could go pick someone up off the trail, bring them to the hospital, let them do their laundry. So they're not wasting, you know, when we do zeros, you're usually, you're doing all your errands. So you really don't yep. get any time to rest and you don't really want to take a double zero because then you're losing a you day or whatever. Day. But yeah. the more you can do in one spot will give you more time to chill. So like here, for instance, hikers can come and throw their laundry in and then go lay down on their bed while it washes. Right. Yeah, there you go. Just it's like a great not, idea. Uh, yeah, you get a Nero more than a, you know, I don't know, however you want to look at it. But um, I just think it, it'll it be cool to have everything in one one spot. So That sounds like an amazing hostel. It's going to be a great place once you get it up and running. I think so, too. I hope so. And I've, I've had a lot of help from, from fans and stuff so far. I still need a lot more. This place is huge. Okay. I actually just found out that it has a whole second floor. I don't even know what I'm going to do with that yet. Oh, I haven't wow. even seen it, actually. I'm so overwhelmed already by what I have going. I've not even looked at the top floor. <laughs> I don't even know what's it. But, uh, That's yeah. where the bowling alley will go. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, Maybe it'll be just a giant pillow room like Elvis had. I heard Elvis had a pillow room. I'll just fill the whole thing with pillows. <laughs> um, not to be off topic. 
Yeah, we could. Oh, you guys give me an idea. We could do a projection screen and have it a movie room just filled with pillows. It's like, oh, it's the theater upstairs. That yeah, sounds amazing. Everybody talks about hitting theaters sometimes when you're in towns, you know? It's true. Like, oh, theater's here too. It's upstairs. <laughs> but yeah, a theater is like 50 bucks. So if you have the equivalent in your hostel, that would be great. You know, why not? Why not? Is that so, a chicken behind you, by the way? Sorry to go off topic. So I, I I adopted a few animals or inherited. I don't even know what you want. That is a chicken. That's Belina, and she's obsessed with me. She does not leave me alone. She waits at the window for me all day, every day now. Um, And I think she's like 10 or 12 years old. She's an old chicken. And she's obsessed with She just talks to me. And if I crack the window, she just sits there and talks and talks and follows me around and waits for me. Um, It's hilarious. And there actually are two other chickens out there, but she's the only one that does that. She escapes every day to come to the window to wait for me and to talk to me. Um, and her little leaves sit there and stare at each other sometimes. It's it's quite comical. I don't know. But yeah, that place sounds amazing. Now. Chickens, goats, <laughs> movie theaters. Yeah, popcorn machine. Oh, that can go upstairs. That's that perfect. Go upstairs, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Put us on the planning committee. Um, You're we've hired. been talking almost an hour already we don't want to keep you too much longer but we did want you to talk about your art a little bit my art well that's something i've done since the dawn of my time um i was a pretty lonely kid i spent a lot of time alone because my parents were young and worked a lot um so i got into it young and my grandpa uh my dad's dad raised me a lot at the time and he became basically a huge pillar in my life and made me promise i'd never give it up and i could never break promise to him but I also love my art. It's my therapy, just like Trill. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's always been a staple, and um, and it's there. <laughs> I do murals. I have them all over the country. I've, I've shipped art all over the country. Um, actually, I have art in Singapore. I have them in other countries, not murals, but um, I've sent art all over the world at this point, which is pretty cool. I still don't think I'm known by any means with it, but um it has been it has given me the majority of my living since my daughter went off to college and I didn't have to have real jobs anymore. That's <laughs> great. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> um, and then your photographs are gorgeous. What are you using for equipment for your photos? Oh, I love when people ask me this. So I minored in photography. My grandpa, who I told you raised me and was my world, he was a, a professional photographer. He shot Kennedy. <laughs> wow. And Marilyn Monroe and a few other people. That's wow. Is this the I same healer? Uh, no. That, oh. that was, yeah, no. Different side of the family. Okay. Um, but he was a big photographer and he was my best friend. I actually have him tattooed right here. My grandpa, Errol. I talk about him a lot on trail and stuff, too. Um but, uh, yeah, he was a photographer, and I, I wanted to be like him, so I, I minored in it when I was in college, and I only used my phone. I have fancy Nikons, everything, but I just have gotten to the point where if I can get the composition right with the light and everything is, like, lined up, I just go for it, and it's amazing. I mean, you can be super critical of your photos in, in a certain light, and I can be that way, but the majority on trail, I didn't want to carry the extra weight. I'm no Ivy Tat. That's why I poke fun of him. Uh, because I only have one clavicle bone. I couldn't take on extra weight just for that reason. Um, I already had a, a kind of a battle sometimes with the weight that was normal. Mm-hmm. Um, so long story short, yeah, I've always just used my phone for the majority wow. of the things that I'm shooting and photographing because it's just the most easy thing to have right there on hand. And when you're juggling a goat at the same time, you don't want to drop your nice camera. No, for <laughs> your, sure. Or so whatever. So, Yeah. I have Apple, Samsung, because they're they're gorgeous. Yeah, this it's a, and it has the uh, authentic cu- uh, crack screen here. <laughs> I did that like day two, of course, like we all do. Um, yeah, no, I I uh, always get the ones that have the uh, memory card, and I think they stopped making them now, actually. So I can put like a four thirty six gigabyte or megabyte, whatever they are, like huge like memory cards in there and I use them for my YouTubing and everything. I edit on my phone. That's why my videos aren't, aren't that fancy, but I do everything from my phone. Everything. That's awesome. While I'm kidding. Yeah. I still even to this day, like doing the videos for this place. Um, I've been doing everything still from my phone. Old habits die hard. And I have a really nice laptop and I still do it all from my phone. So yeah, I don't know. Well, Whatever phone you, that company should reach out to you, and you should be their spokesperson. Yes, oh, that um, would be fantastic. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> like the non-correct one. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah. Well, no. Um, gosh, you can do a lot with them anymore. Some of these phones coming out are better than some of the cameras that we've had for decades. It's incredible. That's true. That's very true. Well, Kate, yeah, we are at an hour. That's nuts. Um, well, before we plug all of your socials, do you have a specific story you'd like to share about any of your trails, about any of your journeys with Leaf? I'll share the most recent because okay. it was fun. It was at the Colorado Tiny Living Festival. We were just chilling there. I was doing kids face painting just to entertain myself. And Brian Shaw, the world's strongest man, rolled up. Yes, I because I was going to ask you about that, but we didn't yeah, get to yeah. it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Carry yeah, on. He rolls up and he's waiting. And I kind of thought I recognized him, but I didn't say anything, you know, at first. And then all these people started coming up to him and asking for his picture. And he was like waiting. And I realized, oh, he's waiting for me. And uh, he wanted to get into my tiny trailer to take a video for his channel. So, um, and he had his little Eddie doll and everything, and he was looking for a tiny home for him. Well, I think mine was the tiniest home there. <laughs> so he asked if he could get in it, and he's like 440 pounds. He was at first really scared he was going to snap off my step into the wagon. I was like, screw it. I know a welder right across the way here. I was like, let's see what happens. <laughs> so I get in there. So he crawled in there, and then uh, then he found out about Little Leaf, and he realized she's got a little bit of a reputation. So we did this jokingly. We had him do a pushing war with with Little Leaf. So she took on the, the world's strongest man, which, oh, she, she also might have a Guinness record now that's pending uh, for a hot air balloon ride. Uh, so she's gone higher and longer in a hot air balloon than any other goat. And uh, she's also been sailing on a ship from 1812. She did disaster relief at Hurricane Ian. She collected beads in Mardi Gras, New Orleans. We have so many videos. I have like 40 videos still to post of her. But then I got a hostel or a laundromat. I don't know. Maybe it was like a <laughs> A hostel you know, mat. I just go with it. It's like a goat. Everybody's like, how'd you end up with the goat? I'm like, I don't know. I just kind of went with it. <laughs> you don't push back. The universe tends to bring you what you need, just like trail does. It's, it's, yes. it's the way the trail works, and I've, I've just let that flow over into my life. And as soon as you stop pushing back, it's amazing how much just kind of works itself out for you. Very true. But. That's amazing. So real quick for those listeners that don't know Brian Shaw, he won the 2011, uh, 2013, 2015, and 2016 World's Strongest Man competitions. Uh, he was the first man to win the Arnold Strongman Club. Classic. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he is the, I think, the fourth most decorated strongman in history, and that's awesome that you got to meet him. Yeah, I know. He was in my house, and he took on my goat. <laughs> and the pictures of him in your tiny house are hilarious because he yeah, barely fits in funny. there. Yeah, no, there's a lot of good stuff on our Instagram, especially what Leaf has her own and I have my own. So yeah. if you don't want to see any of my stuff, mine's everything we do. Hers is just goat. <laughs> oh, perfect. Would you mind plugging them, please? Yes. Yeah, so uh, Little Leafs, the just goat stuff is Little Leaf Goat. And those are underscores for spaces. And mine, which is all of the things, because I'm all over the board. Um, and that's under Kate Cloud Feathers. And those are also underscores for spaces. And then our YouTube channel is really easy. It's just Kate Cloud because when I started that, I had no idea it was going to go anywhere or that a trail name was a thing. I didn't know anything. <laughs> so it's just Kate Cloud. <laughs> and how about your um, hostel? Pardon? And how about your hostel? What's the name? Um, my, and My hostel is called The Grateful Goat, but it's not spelled like your normal grateful. It's G-R-E-A-T apostrophe F-U-L. So... Um, I don't know. I took too many psychology classes. I didn't want the word great, the wrong great yep. in, in my, in my title. So I know plus I just thought it was more fun. <laughs> Mix it up. So it's the grateful goat hostel. It's in Rollins, Wyoming. Um, right now, if you look it up, the address and everything still says the washboard laundry mat, but I'm going to drop that LLC and just have it all under one business. So it'll yep. be the grateful goat hostel and laundry. And uh, locals will still be able to come in and do their laundry at the mat they want. But there's, like, two other laundry mats in town. So I'm just kind of pushing more for the hostel than anything. Awesome. Amazing. And then finally, if any – I know you do commission art still if anyone would like that. Is there a separate thing for that or they just try to get you on Instagram? How does that work? 
I've been contacted every which way for that, but um, I do have an art website, which is under katecloudart.com. Um, and they can message me through there. All my email and contact information is on there as well. I think you can find it in all my descriptions and in a YouTube video. Um, and then, of course, you can message me on Instagram. I'm I'm not big enough to where I don't see my messages in Instagram. I <laughs> so if you message it. me on Instagram, I'll respond. I'll see it. So, uh, yeah, commissions I usually get all different ways, but even Facebook. Um, yeah, all of the things. All of the things. <laughs> all of the things. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much, oh, Kate. It was so wonderful yeah, to chat with you. So glad to finally meet you. Hooray. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's oh, fun. Definitely. A lot of stuff we didn't get to, so oh, we will have to yeah. do this again once you officially open would be a good time. Oh, I know. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. That'd be fantastic. You good, Crank? I do what? You good? Okay. Would uh, would, would you like to do our plugs? Nope. Would I like to do your plug? Oh, no. I was talking to Cranky because he always forgets <laughs> this, to do this our... This is a running gag between us. I never remember the Instagram. I he never, never does. remember... It's great. Oh, busted. The TikTok. Um, and she always asks me every episode now, and it's a running gag. And I'm like, nope. No, I would not like to do the plugs. But the thing is, he, he he's the one that posts on I all run of them? ours. He runs them. He just doesn't know the names. It's great. Yes. <laughs> all right. It's so right. it's rocks underscore... Keep going, Frank. And underscore roots, roots <laughs> underscore pod. That's the tic- that's the Instagram and the TikTok is rocks underscore roots underscore podcast. So that's us. Phew. Okay. Thank you, Kate. Thank you so You're much. Wonderful. All Thank right. Thank you. And good luck. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, we shall talk soon. All right. All right. Sounds good. Have, Have a good evening. night. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. You too. Bye bye.